This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.39 and now for today on Twitter... All right. What will it take for KLIA, the world's 67th best airport, to compete with Changi, the world's number one? Because yesterday, Transport Minister Anthony Lok essentially said he wants to improve KLIA's facilities to compete with Singapore's Changi, um, that Malaysia should strive to become a transportation hub rather than serving as a feeder to Changi Airport or any other airport. And people on Twitter are saying that it might be a distant dream, a 66 points apart dream, some might say. Yeah, it does seem. But, you know, there's nothing like dreaming big, isn't it? And, and sort of pegging yourself to uh, what used to be, you know, a, a part of the of, of greater Malaysia, right? So um, I, I like the idea that we think of Singapore as um, it's not just some uh, place to emulate, but a, a lesson in what can be done in this part of the world when you put your mind to it. I think that is one of the nice lessons coming out of Singapore. Uh, I think Singapore has a lot going for it that a bigger country like Malaysia, uh, you know, struggles with because we have so many ports of entry and uh, our resources are spread thin. They only have one place. Uh, They have Changi to invest in. So it's interesting that you say this um, because, yes, the investment part is important, but then I'm just going to speak about it from the point of view of of a traveller. When we were discussing this off-air earlier, I was running... You know, I was basically mentally running through what it's like to go through KLIA, which I've done many, many times um, in my life, and comparing it to airports that I have transited through, particularly on long haul. So I will say I'm focused on long haul flights because I think that's when the complaints and the the I have had it um, really <laughs> ramp up as a traveller because what you're looking for in an airport, I think, um, aside from the services being great, is you're looking for a welcome to a country that makes you feel excited to visit the country, firstly. Um, But if you're transiting, then I think that you're looking for, oh, thank goodness I'm off that tin can. (laughs) Now I'm going to rest. I'm going to go get food. I'm going to walk around. I want to look at things. And I think that that is where, for me, when I think about KLIA and I compare it to well, Changi, um, but I also think about your Incheons or your Naritas, um, your Subarna Booms. You know, when I think about these airports, I think that's the experiential part is really missing. Yeah, I think when you set yourself up as a hub, uh, you're absolutely right. There's something that's transformed about what the space has to give you. First of all, it cannot be working on the local clock. It really should be a Ah, 24-7 place. And you mentioned this earlier as well to me, uh, you know, about needing to find good food at three o'clock in the morning, because that's what a hub should be. It should be a kind of almost timeless space where everything is always possible because people are going to be coming in at odd times and they're going to have to be awake when they disembark from the plane. Actually, let me just put a simple thing, right? Um, If I disembark in, if I have four hours in Changi or four hours in KLIA, when I'm in Changi, can I get a bowl of Singapore laksa. I probably can, even if I'm there at 2am or like 3am. I I feel a reasonable confidence that I can go and get some sort of representation. I can look at orchids, I can eat my laksa, I can fly off to wherever I'm going. Um, If I translate that into the KLIA experience, 
I am not certain that I can get a plate of nasi lemak and then like look at a hibiscus. I, I know that these are silly comparisons, but if you just think about the airport as a place that represents a country, then, you know, these sorts of things start to matter a bit more. Yeah, so the question is the business side of it, right? How much footfall do you have to right. have yeah. in order to make sense of keeping a restaurant going 24-7? So it's like, unless... KLIA has the millions coming in, how do businesses survive? So should the government subsidize the businesses of KLIA in order to kind of make it ready for uh, it becoming a major hub and a preferred uh, you know, transit point to from here to some other place? Uh, those are very complicated questions that have to do with and resources, I think. Ah, so on that, right, um, we have Nonch or Nonche, I'm not sure, on Twitter, who says passengers flying out of Changi pay three times airport tax, 215 ringgit, uh, compared to 73 ringgit flying out of um, Kuala Lumpur. So to expect Changi's amazing draw drop jaw-dropping architecture when KLIA collects such a measly revenue is kind of unfair. Pay peanuts, get monkeys, no? Yeah, so again, you know, you pointed out to Jewel, the last time I flew into Singapore, I went through Salita Airport because... <laughs> I was not interested in the experience of the airport. In fact, the less experience, the better. I wanted to get off the plane, get through immigration, get out quickly. And Salita's a tiny, beautiful, tiny little airport that does exactly that for somebody coming from Kuala Lumpur or Subang Airport. Uh, so I didn't know about Joel at all. Yeah, you were so surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. And, I, you know, I've been to Singapore. And so, uh, so I was like, oh, Joel? And w- because they keep expanding. I mean, this is the yeah. thing about Singapore. They had to kind of expand inwards, as it were, because uh, that's really the space. I mean, the the experience gets denser and denser and more complex. So Faisal has a bunch of uh, suggestions saying, it's a far shot, but KLIA can aspire towards Suvarna Boom status first. Um, they need to drastically enrich and expand, expand, enrich and expand F&B offerings, especially at satellite terminal, enhance airport transfer, um, ERLs no longer express, fix the aerotrain, improve the integration between the terminals, improve common realms, seating area, introduce kids playgrounds, upgrade propositions for long-term transits. They can introduce sleeping pods, meditation corner, nursery, gyms, um, address long immigration queues. It's a very common complaint. This must be fixed. So, Anyways, we're asking you um, those questions. What would KLIA have to improve on to compete with Changi? Do you think it is still a world-class airport? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond frivolous mishmash. BFM 89.9. It is 5.53. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today KLIA. Uh, in essence, what would KLIA have to improve on to be able to compete with Changi? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with a voice note that came in from Roberto. When I came to Malaysia about 16 years ago, I must say with true honesty that I was super impressed with uh, KLIA. It was super efficient, clean, everything was super cool. But I guess what we are now experiencing is just something that you can see in any infrastructure across the country, unfortunately, and it's maintenance. And this kind of vision that do not waste money 
in maintaining uh, an infrastructure, let it go rot, and then you build a new one. It's like, okay, it's not that wasting more money and reputation and chances. I mean, I just think that to be very honest now for KLIA to reach Changi's level, it's going to take some time and most importantly, a very strong political will to dedicate resources to revamp KLIA. Roberto, thank you for that. I'd like to pair that with this message that came in from Arvin that says, KLIA just looks tired because I agree so much with that word, that adjective tired. Um, And I think it ties so closely to what you're saying, Roberto, in relation to maintenance. Because if it's not maintained, then sure, it's going to look tired. Yeah, so leadership is kind of essential to all this, right? In the sense that, so the aspiration to do better, if it's not going to be something hollow, really has to be backed up with something concrete and resources, a game plan, a timeline, whatever. But, you know, Lynn, some months ago when I was in KLIA 2, there was actually a kind of fire alarm that went off. And I looked around and nobody reacted. And I went up <laughs> to some officials and I said, and then because I tweeted about it, like, you know, there's this there's this alarm going on and nobody is responding. It's either that they know it's just one of those exercises, but sure. even an exercise like a fire alert, you're supposed to drill, you're supposed to do something. Do yeah. something, right? So then I thought, oh my God, this is the a metaphor for not just KLIA, but the whole country, is that there's an alarm going on and everybody's pretending that it's not happening. So, uh, you know, and so it was kind of sad. I mean, it was good for my Twitter feed, but, you know. This is such a, because, you know, to be honest, even my reaction feels very Malaysian, which is a part of me wants to laugh. And another part of me is so sad. (laughs) (laughs) I think that um, that's also how Malaysians tend to feel about failure. Um, All right. We've got Huzaimi who says, Jewel is just another mall in Singapore, not just an airport, a premium one. KLIA can be a such, but make it fancy like Pavilion with all the fountains and forest displays. Also, we need strong airlines that make KLIA a base. Um, MH's network is so limited to attract people. So the, the I think this is where Singapore has kind of got some advan- natural advantages, right? Uh, Changi is smack in the heart of the country. I mean, this, the country city slash city, right? And so it's never far away. So Jewel could exist. I mean, Singaporeans from any part would could come to Jewel to use it. Whereas our KLIA is so sort of set apart, right? Mm. Sapang is so set apart that to think that people would do that. So I'm just the economics of it, uh, the business part of it. So, how would you make it work? Right. So you and I are approaching this differently because you were, you are thinking about it in terms of a local uh, situation. I have been thinking about it in terms of if I were choosing to transit, where would I choose to transit? Because I, when I fly long haul, I do think about these things. Um, I, I look at how long my transit time is and where I'm going to be. And To be honest, if I were not Malaysian, I don't know if I would choose to transit through... Actually, no, I can tell you straight up, and I think most people would agree, you won't choose to transit through KLIA if you can transit through Changi. I imagine that would be true. Yeah. But, but okay, so you you had a list of criteria for where you want to transit. Is premium shopping... Luxury shopping part of it? No, mine's very creature comfort. So I I want enough seating. um, I want common areas, free common areas. I want water supplied to me. I would like... um, Free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi, charging ports. So so I think about those things. But I do also think when I think about spending money, it's mostly about food. 
So I need to know that there are eateries. I need to know they'll be open. You know, so these are the things I think about. Yeah, I, well, you know, I, the, I think what we try, I think we're wanting to aspire to all these kind of global hubs is we need to think of what Malaysia has what are our strengths? And I think if we don't, if we go beyond the lament and the laughing and the self-deprecation and self-loathing. Maybe we'll start acting when there's a fire alarm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, and maybe we will start to see what we have that is a strength that Singapore doesn't have, for instance. So um, that's it from us on Changi. But you can keep those thoughts coming. We, we do continue to read them. People are very disappointed in the messages <laughs> in KLIA, I have to say. Um, all right. Uh, you can call 7733-2900. Send us a voice note at 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.